Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neat the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with the one, the only Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator. What's up, Angie? Oh, not too much. Just uh, watching the clouds, I guess. It's not raining here anymore, so... Just cloudy this morning here in northern Iowa, waiting for the sun to come out again. Yeah, and of course, you and I said, or at least I said a few weeks ago, that this trade war was was bogus, BS. And of course, as it turns out so far, it's as we as we predicted and, and we both said that uh, we liked corn and wheat, but uh, soybeans were a little bit of problematic. What's your take? Yeah, I, we, obviously, I, I think the same. And since we've talked the last time you saw soybeans, the July board dipped below $10 for a bit there uh, before it came back, you know, roaring back today up a good chunk on uh, Monday's trade thanks to the the conversation over the weekend and the, the tweet this morning that China's going to be buying a lot of farm products. So, yeah, I mean, we, we knew or we called it and – I find it really interesting when politics meet with market narrative, and we've seen that, I think, over the last three, four weeks or since the, the tariffs were initially announced. And, and uh, so it's been really interesting to see people kind of walk back the, the horror stories they were telling upon the, the first discussion, you know, about it, how terrible it'd be for the American farmer. And, and obviously the market didn't really react too much to it, and it's reacting positively to it in soybeans and showing some strength in corn on the announcement that it's probably you know no longer an issue well i mean i think that's what we said and and again and again even before this announcement i mean the, the corn and wheat were higher anyways i mean did you see the action last week in corn and wheat i mean you know that's, trade talks or no trade talks i mean you know we got to quit worry about what the politicians say and the lobbyists because those are the jackasses that that cause the problem and create the fear what do you think yeah and i i agree i mean that's what i i uh had a conversation this morning with someone and I, I hate to, to pick on them, but they referred to it as market havoc. And I'm like, market havoc, soybeans, you know, stayed supportive. And, and in fact, after the announcement put in new highs or, or came close to their old highs, uh, we had rallied and, and went up to recent high levels that we'd seen and, and corn had gained significantly. So, yeah, I mean, for an overall standpoint, you can say that it's, it's politics or um, or you can say that, that the administration is doing things that are negative overall, but. Well, I don't think, I, I don't, hold, 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 I don't think it's the administration. I think the administration has done a lot of positive things. And I think that it was fairly easy yeah. to say that, that there wasn't going to be a problem because let's, let's face it, the people need food. So, uh, you know, you're going to have to go somewhere and they cannot produce enough for themselves. 
but I think the the lobbyists, not the not the administration. I think the administration has done well. Yeah. I, again, I just want to clear it up because the administration, I think, has done a great yeah. job at, at putting this together. Whereas the the lobbyists and the Congress and the senators from those areas, they want to make sure they keep getting that extra dough they get. So they're they're causing a little bit more havoc, and I think they're getting shown that they're full of crap. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I mean, we can say that the administration. So what I'm talking about is that a lot of the people, what you've seen recently, has been market narratives been married to politics. So those who are negative to the president and the current administration will say that the administration is, is wreaking havoc. I mean, that was in the, a quote this morning on on farmers and, and prices. And it's like, how is how can you say, and maybe we, you know, kind of agreed at the end to disagree on, on uh our understanding of the word havoc, I mean, havoc to me would be we were down significantly and we weren't. So the administration obviously knew what it was doing behind the scenes, at least the people that were in the middle of the trade and everything like that. And you just had to have faith. I mean, that's been the argument that you and I have had. And and I don't mean blind faith, of course. You have to, to know what you're, you're watching or, or at least be aware. But I mean, have faith that they were doing stuff that would be beneficial. And obviously, at this point in time, looking at what we're seeing today that was the case but you'll still have people who are against it the lobbyists that you're talking about and the people that are negative to the administration overall say that it was a bad thing somehow yeah, I mean, you know, but they're always going to say that whatever he does is going to be a bad thing because that this is the 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 trouble that we have with the people out there that everybody believes that that he's yeah. doing these. But I think that he's making some some great deals, and I think there's some news also about the uh, the small banks out there that, that that are very vital to the farming community. And I think he's trying to make some stuff to work for them as well. What do you think? Well. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, I'm going to be probably one of the only people um, in the, the uh, current society, I guess you could say. I don't know. I, I did not. I was not excited about this presidency. I was worried. And I mean, there's still some things that I have concerns about. I've been pretty clear about that since the beginning. I have to say the stuff that has been going on thus far um, has made me a bit of a believer, I guess. Are you, I, I guess you're not supposed to admit that. Right. But to me, I think the administration at this point in time is, has an understanding of what they're doing. Now, my opinion on that could change. And that's how it's supposed to be, I think, as a, a citizen in the, the country we live with the way that our political system set up. I think you can change your mind. But for me right now, I would say that, yeah, the administration is doing good things. I think North Korea could be a, a really great thing. I think some of the regulations with the small banks that you're talking about could be beneficial. I think Sonny Purdue is a, a great person to have in charge of the USDA. So there's a lot of positives, I think, going on out there for the, the American farmer, other than the weather. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that next segment. But I mean, I know that that you know that you're not weren't a fan of of Trump. And now, listen, I can understand a lot of people not being a fan of Trump in general, but as a president. As a as the leader of this country, I, I think he's done a lot of good things for everybody, in, including farmers. And I and I truly believe, and I like your opinion. I truly believe that he does have the best interest of farmers in his mind. I think he, I believe that he has the best interest of the American people in everything that he does, and not none none of what he does is to benefit him personally. Other than, in my opinion, he wants to go down as the greatest president of all time. And you know what. I'm going to be completely honest. My mom and dad were Trump supporters from the beginning, and they said, I believe he has the best interest of the country at heart, and I would have scoffed at that, um, you know, even as recently as 10 days or so ago. 
at this point in time, you know, there's a lot of things that I've seen that are good. There's things that I've seen that are bad, like, believe me, but I think you're right in the sense that um, he is going to use his understanding of business and, and it's so far it's been beneficial. The negotiating tactics have worked. I think we haven't had something like this in the, the American government for quite some time. Someone who's willing to, to strong arm. It's not what we're used to, but at this point in time, like I said, if, if things are um, worked through, like they look like they could be worked through, which doesn't mean that there won't be bumps along the way. I, I think it would be very great for the, the country going forward, especially the, the rural citizens, which I think that's why you have so much loud noise coming from um, your urban <laughs> side of things. And, and that's an unfair um, pigeonhole of a lot of people. And I, I realize that, but that's not meant to paint a broad brush. It's just, I think that he's doing a lot of things that will benefit farmers and, and those like farmers at this point in time, like I said, it could always change, but right now, um, you know, my opinion has been swayed uh, quite a bit, um, you know, from where it was even a, a year ago. No, a hundred percent. Your opinion can change. And that the, the American people, that's the, that's the beauty we have of being Americans is our minds can change. We can decide that we're not happy, but I, I can't imagine that anybody even, I mean, even CBS had a poll that 68% of the Americans are happy with what Trump has done with the economic policy. Now, again, I can't, I understand why people don't like him. I mean, you know, he's kind of like me, you know, he's got a big mouth and he talks a lot and he opens it up. And at the end of the day, though, I, I think that he's done the jobs that he said he was going to do in the meantime this is the bubba show Todd bubba horwitz we are with the goddess of grains angie setzer also the vice president of grains at citizens elevator and of course don't forget to download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm you can get a uh, feel and always get to hear angie who's a regular on this show and a part of the the bubba team in the meantime we're going to stop out here for a break and we'll be right back with more of the bubba show with angie setzer after the break the bubba show Todd bubba horwitz we're coming right back to you Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with the goddess herself, Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains on Twitter, and also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator. So we were talking about things that have happened. And of course, again, I, I believe one of the things I believe politically, and I know we don't usually talk too much politics, but politically, I, I don't think that you should care who's in office. You should care the kind of job they're doing. I think that that's that's the mistake I think we're seeing right now, whether you liked Obama or not, whether you like Bush or not, whoever you didn't like, but you should want them to do a great job. And, and so far, the press, the promises that the president has made, he has been able to keep and do his best job doing that. And I think you agree with that. So you can go to the dark side. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as there's cookies. <laughs> there, the dark side. That's it. So, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, so hopefully it'll all work out. And, and I think it will work out well. And I think that the things will happen well. And I think that, you know, again, when we look at uh, what's going on in uh, with China and, and, and trade, you know, again, I think the biggest problem farmers are going to have now and not now, because I think it's a ways away because I think they're used to the dollar, but the dollar is going to go a lot higher, I believe. And I think that will be eventually the bigger problem. However, we still have a one problem. The, 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 we, the world keeps growing. We keep getting more population. We need more food and we're not going to have enough. So it's not going to hurt us. I think in the long term. what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, that's what I did a presentation here a couple months ago for a, a large equipment company. And, and when they first approached me, they're like, you got to say positive things. You know, we've got to kind of cheerlead this, this deal. And, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have to lie to the audience. But I started doing research because at the time they approached me, everything was just negative. It was last October or so. And 
okay, what are you going to talk about that makes the farmer happy? But I started doing research about, you know, the growth and population and, and wealth in these developing countries and what that means for increases in, in protein demand, you know, and whether that's protein demand on the hoof that eats corn and, and wheat and stuff like that, or it's protein via soybeans. Um, yeah, I mean, and that was part of the reason that we couldn't be too worked up about tariff talk. I mean, people have to eat. The population continues to grow. Once you become accustomed to a certain diet, you don't go back. And so, um, you know, the people of China like their pork. They like they're they're getting exposed to a lot more beef, and and uh, you know they still use soybeans as a source of protein. So um, you knew that they would figure out a way. And that's not saying eventually they can't turn business away from us. I don't want to sit here and and be completely Pollyanna about it. I mean, Brazil and Argentina have some room for production growth, but. Um, you know, that, that's what makes the market. And so to me, the idea that they would back completely away from the U.S., especially after Argentina had a drought like they did, um, you know, was kind of laughable. Um, and so, that, like I said, there's no surprise that uh, there is support in this market simply because the demand continues to grow, um, not only for your livestock, your feed units, but also for the bean itself. Well, I just think that when you when you look at the bigger picture, I think that there's enough business, there's enough money for everybody out there, and and if and eventually the farmers have to kind of work together all over the place. I mean, you know, whose whose equipment do they use in in Brazil and in China? I mean, you know what I'm saying. So eventually, it's all got to work together, anyways. And 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 this was more of nonsense, and I, and I believe that Trump was right in saying you're no longer a third world nation. You need to come up and step up to the plate and and do the the right thing and i think that's what i think that's what we're seeing and what do you think well i agree completely i mean that's my attitude on the chinese you know at first i was like what are we talking about of course there's a trade deficit blah 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 you know what i mean um but the forced intellectual property sharing uh that means that's ridiculous so imagine that you have um this this something you created and you want to manufacture or you want to sell it into china well, if you don't open a manufacturing plant in China, you know, basically to, to, to work in the country and, and work among people, you're charged this ridiculous tariff. So either you can pay the tariff or you can open up a factory in China and share your intellectual property because there's no protection to your rights over there. You know, and so there, it's a basic for, So think about that. You know what I mean? That alone is, is something that needs to be changed. So obviously that was part of what Trump was talking about. And hopefully that's a remedy we see. Um, you know, right now, of course, it's great for agriculture to, to increase their exports, but we definitely want some other avenues of improving our relationship with China. And, and yeah, they're no longer a, a, they're still classified as a developing nation, which is, is laughable. I don't know if it's simply because of the rate of population growth over there or what, but we obviously know they're not, you know, an entirely, they're, they're, pretty well developed for a developing country well they're, they're as developed as we are which is exactly the point and, and, and they are the the second biggest economic power in the world okay so i mean at the end of the day you know they're not going to out trump us pardon the pun but they're going they're going to continue right. to grow and listen their population is gigantic and will continue and they've got you know they're doing all kinds of things over there including a lot of mining of the bitcoin you know as much as everybody talks bad about cryptocurrencies i don't know what what the feeling is down in farm country but uh china's got all those hidden cities are loaded up with servers mining all the time out there so what do you think of all that stuff 
Well, yeah. I mean, the, the growth and, and wealth and the, like I said, I don't know what classifies a country as a developing nation. You know, if, if it is population growth, strictly, I'd have to do some research into it. But yeah, they're obviously not a developing country, though they're still classified as one. So that gives them certain rights that other countries don't have. So there are certain things, you know, that, that uh, the World Trade Organization or whatever it is, um, offers up to countries that are classified as developing nations to help them get a leg up. Well, obviously, China doesn't need any more of a, a leg up. So, yeah, I mean, when we initially started talking about tariffs on China and stuff like that, I, all I could think of is the doomsday scenarios that you'd heard and, and you know, question why we are discussing a, a trade deficit, because it is normal um, to have somewhat of a, a trade deficit, right? I mean, that was the conversation, um, depending on the country. But you start doing more research into some of the things that China is pulling, and suddenly you're like, okay, they're, you know, they're the big kid at the, on the schoolyard that are, are pushing us around. You know, eventually you, you got to retaliate a little bit. So, you know, like I said, I may not have been a fan of it initially, but also since the day that they were, you know, the China blowback was announced and have been one that kind of continued to say, just have, you know, just be patient. We got to see how it, it plays out. And, and of course, that was the, the better way at this point in time anyway uh, to approach it. Oh, no, I, I think that the, there's either really doesn't have to be tariffs because really what we can just have is just free trade. And, you know, if you have mm-hmm. the best product at the best price, you're going to be able to sell it to wherever you want to sell it to. And that is, I think, what we're trying to get to is to make it at least equal. So if they're going to charge, you know, if they're going to charge uh, 25% to American cars when they come there, then we're going to charge 25% to American to Chinese cars when they come here. And I think that's the, 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 the bigger deal. And I think that, that ties right into, you know, the farming and, and everything else. I mean, listen, who's the biggest, who's the biggest pork producer in the world? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Is it I mean, not? We are. But is it not China? China? Does does China not own Smiths, Smithfields? I mean, so I mean, <laughs> what do what we? What kind of nonsense is that? Right? I mean, that's what I look at. Like, I mean, you know, so what? What game are we playing? The, the game is, is the same thing that Trump did with NATO. It's say, look, we're happy to stay in NATO, but you got to be fair about it. We're not going to sub- we we're not going to support the entire world anymore. And I think that is yeah. one one issue that no president, Republican or Democrat in the past, has ever had the the stones to stop up and say that. And I think that's what I think gives us the opportunity now to see that actually we are in a much better position and will be in much better and much stronger going forward. So when when Trump leaves office in, in two or six years from now, I think that the United States yeah. will be in a better position. What do you think? Oh, I, I agree. You know, at this point in time, I agree completely. It's part of what I said there earlier where no one has, has spoken or no one has, um, you know, really the lack of diplomacy, but for lack of a better term, I mean, that, we're not used to um, this idea of, well, you have to be entirely diplomatic and, and diplomacy as, as an American means that, you know, you have to, to bow kind of deal. Like you you can't, we can't uh, oppress other countries. It's kind of been the societal attitude. You know, we, we can't come off as, as uh, uh, too hard, you know, or we'll scare people away. Like, that's just been the direction that society has moved. I mean, just take a look at, at uh, you know, any other type of interaction. And so to have someone come in, like you said, and, and have the stones to say things that he says, like I said, I, I am not always a fan of, of how it is comes out, you know, um, because I've been raised around political diplomacy. I mean, it's, it's just been, um, 
you know, kind of what we've been exposed to. Uh, hold, that, hold that, hold that, hold that thought. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bob Orange with Angie Setzer. Make sure you download the show each and every day at LibertyTalk.fm. We're going to step out of a break and come back with more from the goddess herself, Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, vice president of grains at Sisters Elevator. The Bubba Show, Todd Bob Orange. We'll be right back with more after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator. So we'll just finish up our conversation. So again, I'll, I'll agree with you that, you know, we don't always like him, have to like him. And, you know, some people don't like that he is not, as they say, presidential. I like the fact that he is not presidential because what I've seen from presidential is not very good. And, and, and they've decayed our country over the years. But that's what makes the voting booth. That was, that's what makes a trade, which is what we always talk about. Your last thought on, on the politics. Oh, my idea is that President Trump could save some, you know, he could get a kitten out of the tree for some people and they find out a way to turn it negative. And, and that's just the political, that's just the way we're set up, I guess. Now, you know, people treat it like a sporting event. You have one team that you can root for and the other one that you boo. And, and so it, it's going to be that way for a long time. Hopefully there are more people out there who are willing to, to approach it with an open mind and then you'll see things shift. But I, I guess we just have to get used to the clutching of pearls by a good majority or a portion at least not a majority but a loud portion of our country that's about it i'll just get used to it now and, and quit my whining about it all right well you're not whining you're like i said you're we're all entitled to it that that is the beauty about being an american you get a choice and you get to say what you what you feel and what you think okay so now the weather's been brutal. This has been actually one of the worst springs I've ever I can ever remember uh, here. And you know, I used to coach. I was always outside, and I go, man, I'd never be outside now. It's brutal. And I know there's a lot of rain, yeah. and it and it's really starting to to play and and weigh on farmers. What are you hearing? What are you seeing? And what are you thinking? Yeah, very much. I mean, my trade territory is is much of the state of Michigan. So we started the season pretty well, comparatively speaking. You know, Iowa, North Iowa, where I live. Um, has been really delayed. They've only really had a, a good opportunity to get rolling here in this area, particularly um, over the last four or five days. Um, and they, we actually missed the rain over the weekend, got some last night. So guys were able to, to run yesterday, which is working on Sunday is, is still quite a bit unheard of here in, in my neck of the woods. So uh, in northern Iowa. But back home in Michigan, I mean, they just can't buy a, a stretch of dry days. So most of my customers right now are are uh, calling uncle. Uh, no farmer, every, every farmer always jokes that they never want to wish away rain just because, you know, the old farmer's tale is that you get the same amount of moisture every year. It's just a matter of when it falls. And so 
Um, most guys will just kind of take it and, and, you know, even a week ago it was, oh, it's all right as long as we can miss the, the next chunk of rain they're talking about. And, of course, none of my customers really missed the next chunk of rain. So um, I had a guy, I, I think it was early, but you can't tell someone um, not to do something and then have it work against them, especially if their mind's made up, you know, no matter how you, you try. And, and uh, so he lifted out of his December corn sales that he had on. He doesn't think he'll get any planted. Um, we talked about rolling it forward to 19 when that carry reemerged, uh, you know, which is, is typical in the market. So it should happen. And he said, well, I don't even know if I'm going to be farming in 19 now. So that was kind of surprising. It's a u- more unique scenario, um, the getting out of farming. But right now, a lot of my customers, some have 100% of their corn planted, so they're not too bad. They've got more time to plant beans. But uh, that guy I talked to this morning that lifted out of his position um, had nothing. He hadn't even turned a wheel on a planter. So it's a, a pretty wide uh, variety. And, and, you know, that tells me that we won't necessarily see a big increase in corn acres like people have been talking. You know, midsummer they were expecting to see the USDA increase corn acres. I don't, I don't know if I buy that just simply because no one in, in my area uh, and no one, you know, in, in most of Iowa is going to be increasing corn acres at all now. Maybe that's different in Illinois and, and Indiana, but um, not, you know, not here at this point, I guess. So when is the, when would you say would be the deadline to be able to plant corn and, and get a successful crop out of it? The first uh, insurance dates fall the first week of June. So when you have crop insurance, uh, you can do what they, you can take what they call prevented plant. Um, it provides a certain percentage of your insurance insurance guarantee. Um, not a lot of guys like to do it, um, you know, simply because it, it hurts their yield history and yield history is, is a big part of, uh, um, insurance costs and things of that nature or what you're, you're able to get from revenue and, and all that stuff going forward. So anytime you take a, a zero, um, it, it doesn't help. Um, but the first week of June is when they'll start thinking about it because, um, for every day that goes by, they lose a percentage of, um, insured value so you know you're supposed to have you have to wait until a certain period of time to plant you know across the country most of that's mid-april or so but you also have to have it planted by the first part of june simply because waiting beyond that just exposes you to a whole other host of of risk mostly frost in the fall and and stuff like that okay so so we're, so we're getting close to having that that be a potential problem uh, now yes. is, is that, and, and what, wh- when is now, again, you've done this for a long time. When is in your mind, the last time that they can actually, uh, get that done? Uh, from a, a mental standpoint, most guys try to have it done before Memorial day corn wise. Um, I'm not saying they won't try. Um, it depends on the farmer, depends on his setup, depends on, uh, the day, uh, variety he's planting. You know, you can get a 90 day corn variety now that yields relatively well and that's the day of cor- the the day of the variety is how many days it takes to to get to maturity with the the normal number of of heat units and stuff like that so 90 days you could put in june and and you know if you're not in a spot where it frosts much before september 15th or whatever you you could do it but a lot of guys won't um just won't push it it'll really depend but as we get closer to Memorial Day, that'll be when folks make a, a decision. Because you can plant soybeans a lot later. So you can plant, because soybeans are a, a day-length 
um, is how they become mature. So they're more, um, they function more off from um, how long they get sunlight. So you can plant a lot later. They're quicker to maturity, you know, stuff like that. And so um, guys can plant soybeans well into June. Some will even do it the first couple weeks of of July um, and and push it off. But definitely corn, you have to start making a decision on what you're going to do around about, you know, Memorial Day. After Mother's Day is late, after Memorial Day, you're thinking about doing other things. Okay. So would would guys switch from corn to soybeans maybe? Or what would would they do? What are, what? Yeah, the potential would be here to switch to soybeans, especially with the price how it is right now. Um, the the incentive might be beans. It'll all depend on, um, you know, the farm, the setup, the yield outlook, stuff like that. But fermented plant is not meant to be something that guys like to take. Like I said, I mean, so it's the a lot of times you'll see folks still switch if they can, simply because they'll they'll generate more revenue that way than than taking the prevent plant. Okay, so I because obviously there's there's a, a lot that can be done, and uh, would would any would there be any benefit to choosing not to do anything? I mean, or they have to do something. They, I think they have to do something. I mean, it's, it's most farmers can't just take a zero on the the income. Some will. I mean, some have to. Some don't have crop insurance, and maybe they can't get planted. But most will try to do something um, on that that ground. Okay, so unless it's, you know what I mean, unless it, and then they then they hope for a disaster designation or something like that. Okay, because that obviously those are all things that 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 come into play when when we're we're, we're worried about this. Now, what happens to mm-hmm. you know, for example, uh, the cost of, of of grain when you you know when you're buying it when you're buying the, the the goods and services you need to get it in the ground with weather like this? Does that bring the prices down at all? Does does that help them at all? Do they get any benefit here? No. Nope, it won't change much of anything. I mean, it, it might um, reduce some of the cost of their fertilizer. You know, if you have a, a five-day window to plant and everyone's going after fertilizer and it's hard for you to get it because it's not getting into the, the hub of your supplier. You know, we've had years like that before where it's hot, you know, warm and dry and, and beautiful and everyone's going at once. Uh, you might see the price go up. Um, so you won't see that happen when it's slow and demand is, is well spread out. You don't necessarily see the the um, demand drive push the, the price up. So they may see a little bit of re- reduction on that side, you know, just the, the fact that people aren't charging an extra $10 fee for freight or something like that. But um, there's not really much in the way of breaks. In fact, most guys right now are, are um, not most guys, because there are, I mean, we're three quarters of the way planted. I mean, I'm not saying that this is, everywhere in the u.s but um the guys that are in those areas where they're struggling to get planted or or whatever might be already talking about switching out you know what is the the respray policy what is the replant policy you know all of these questions that they probably should have asked beforehand they're asking now simply because you know there are groups out there that all it's it's you know you can replant and it's it's free or it doesn't cost you something or it's a minimal, you know, but that you've already planted once and you have to do it again. So there's already a ton of costs associated with it just in fuel um, alone, you know. So, so no, they're not really seeing much of any break. Uh, the price, you know, has come up a little bit. So that's nice. But um, now most guys are, are not in a hurry to sell anything simply because in my neck of the woods particularly, um, you know, they're not planted. And so it's hard to, to sell something that should have been in the ground two weeks ago that's not now. You know, it's, it's, 
they'll probably get something done, but it, it still concerns them in the meantime. Well, um, well that, and that, and that, that's what cre- that's what creates the short squeeze when when it happens. If you over, if you oversell what you got and you don't get it, that yeah. becomes a much bigger problem. We are with Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator and a regular Bubba Show contributor. And, of course, don't forget to go to LibertyTalk.fm and download the Bubba Show each and every day. Uh, Help us get through our goal of 1 million downloads a month. And also don't forget about our high school investing program. We are Go to HighSchoolInvesting.com and check out what we do. We're trying to educate America. And, of course, if you want to help us out, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading. In the meantime, we'll be right back with more from Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator. Right here on the Bubba Show, Todd Bob Orwitz will be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Bubba Show, Todd Bob Horowitz with the goddess herself, Angie Setzer, the goddess of grains, also the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator. So, Angie, of course, uh, you know, we've got some issues and, and, and that should create also higher prices. But as we talked earlier, the prices are, are higher. We thought they're going to go higher. Now, do you, do you, what do you look for now? If you were, if you were to say, and again, I'm not going to hold you to it, but I, I think corn's got a good shot at 450, maybe higher. What do you say? I agree. I think 450 is in line uh, with what we're looking at. So a lot of my customers, we put together marketing plans. They're not cookie cutter by any means, but we'll sit down at the start of the year and say, these are our targets. And we adjust accordingly and stuff like that. But uh, we sit down and say, okay, by this pricing structure, we're going to have X amount of percent um, locked in. So at this point in time, our goal is to have about 50% of production locked in between, we started about 390. Um, the thing with grain is that if you have storage, you know, you, you have bins, you can capture carry. And the, the idea is that carry will go out, you know, depending on when the guys want to move it, somewhere between 13 and 30 cents, between moving it in January and moving it in June. And so we did start at 390, but we'll roll that position forward and, and capture that carry and, and make those a better futures value as time goes on. So we start there and then we scale sell pieces of production, you know, at pricing increments that we talk about, you know, ahead of time. So we're looking at 390 to 450, you know, working to get 50% of the crop sold. And then how quickly we get to 450 is a matter of where we place the next order. So if it's something that happens over the next couple three weeks because of a, uh, something new in the market structure or something like that, we may be more aggressive. I say aggressive, but I mean wider increments above 450 to price the last half of the crop. Um, but I definitely, you know, we're going to put a good solid foundation in between here and 450 and, and then see where we go. So I agree with you. I, I think 450 is in the cards. if not beyond. I think it's going to be difficult to move much beyond five without a, a weather issue. Um, I'm not going to guarantee we even see five, you know, at this point. But I, I think the market's still got some strength left in it, you know, that we'll have to see as, as weather goes and the crop develops here as we work into the summer. You know, I, I think if five is a possibility. Again, I, I've been saying 450, but I think five is a possibility. And I think I think there could be a six in front of a week before it's all said and done. What do you say? I agree. Yeah, I think that could happen. Um, we, you know, it depends. I think this week, yeah, six, uh, July July 19, definitely, you know, 625 to, to 650 even, which will give guys a, a good opportunity to plant more wheat this fall if they want to lock it in. So um, I think wheat has some more upside to it. I think there's a lot of things that are going on in the wheat market that, you know, people are still allowing the idea of too much wheat in the world to dominate their thinking. And uh, 
you know, the reality is with a crop like wheat, you're one bad year, you know, in, in a couple different countries worth of production away from a, a significant need to rally because of what we talked about before, you know, growing population demand where, you know, there's still a, a significant amount of demand. And if you were to ever see a write down in Chinese stock holdings, I mean, the Chinese are sitting on 45% plus of the world's wheat. So everyone thinks that, you know, we have so much wheat. Well, you remove China, which the USDA will do starting in next month's global numbers. You take China out of the equation and, and you're, you cut that in half. So imagine that with an additional production scare. And everyone keeps talking about Russia, you know, the increase in, in Russian grain production. But I definitely think Russia has taken a page from the Chinese. Or obviously they're the, 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 the initial you know, great grain robbery sort of thing. So Russia knows what they're doing. I think it's easy for them to say that our product, their production outlook is huge to, to keep prices in the U.S. depressed as well. Oh, yeah. No, no, and of course, obviously, I think that's been a lot. And I think that's been a lot what's going on in the in the beef markets. I think, you know, there's been a lot of stories about cattle. And of course, cattle struggled a little bit recently. And I think that it's I think it's probably pretty cheap in these levels. I don't know what you think. But I think there's been yeah. a lot of a, a lot of stories around. And I think, you know, we call that spoofing in the trading market. And I think there's been a lot of spoofing yeah. going on trying to to confuse and, and create some havoc in here. What do you think? You mean the wall of cattle conversation? I mean, that's constantly, you know, that's been the narrative in the market for two years, and we've obviously seen more strength. The cash market, I think, was a little bit weaker last week for, for cattle, but uh, I think the demand is huge. I think the Chinese news is, is good. We've got to, you know, work with Japan here. They, they kind of floated some ideas about um, putting, you know, some tariffs in place or something like that because of the steel and aluminum one, but... I think we'll work that out. I think that's just noise more than anything. And, and uh, we'll have to watch it, though, because they are our, our largest, I think, our, our biggest beef customer. Um, but, you know, it, there's a lot of demand out there. And, and so, yeah, I, I think cattle, it'll obviously be volatile, but I'm, I think we've, we've really kind of pushed it to, to the downside. We just have to wait for people to start catching the knife i guess oh yeah i think that's uh, i mean again i i just see that you know we, we've had some some grief and aggravation here and again i i think that you know when markets are thin and the markets have been extremely thin recently pretty much across the board volumes have been down everything's been down which is much easier for somebody to kind of push them around especially somebody who's got you know one of these big commercials and i think that's kind of what's going on do you see any of that yeah i think so i think that i think that's one of the biggest strikes that you have and and meat production is is that you know the the big buyers can can drive the market um a heck of a lot more than they can in in the grain side of things but it's just like how i say in the grain side of things you know the person that writes the checks is in charge and so um that's the hard part is is the people that are responsible for buying are writing the checks but they're also responsible for every other piece of i mean that's what happens when you uh um if the uh uh, every they, I mean, they're responsible for almost every piece of the supply chain, so to speak. So they, they have, and the demand chain. So they have the ability to really kind of push some folks around. And, and I think that, you know, like I said, I think that's the, the biggest gripe of any livestock producer out there is it's not necessarily as open a market as what people would like it to be. So, you know, anytime you see a farmer start to gripe about basis and, and poor cash markets reflecting where the market should be and, and stuff like that on Twitter, you'll definitely see a livestock guy come on and you know say, "Oh yeah, tell me how bad it is." So yeah, I think that's a, a big part, and I don't I don't know if you can fix it now. I think you just have to 
you know, if you can't beat them, join them type deal for for most farmers anyway. So me personally, I'm pretty bullish to the egg space in general. My only concern remains soybeans, but I think everything else is going to flourish. How about you? Mm-hmm. Agree. I agree with you. I'm still very friendly to everything in egg space right now. And, and even soybeans, I don't necessarily think we need to see a new upside, but I think we've established the downside of the range now. Um, you know, it'll be right around that $10 mark, probably ten fifty as the resistance on the front month. And we'll just oscillate back and forth from there until August at this point. Maybe June 30th, if we find out that we have a big increase or switch from, you know, potential uh, acres that the USDA released in March. But beyond that, we got to prove that the crop's made and you can't do that until August. So, uh, now, are you up. are you working some orders right now to to sell some of the the corn that's out there and some of the some of the products that are out there? Are you doing anything now? Are you getting yeah. set up in there? Yeah, yep, we've got uh, target orders in right now. Like I said, uh, another big chunk around four thirty and around four forty. I think December makes a run towards that gap at left in sixteen at four forty nine and three quarters. So I got some guys that have some stuff put in at, at that four forty nine range just to see and. Um, that'll, like I said, it'll get us up to about 50% sold. Now on beans, we don't have really any working orders open just because that's, you know, it rallied to 1050 on the November and that was pretty much the high end to get the first half of the crop sold. So now we're waiting to see what the summer months bring. And on wheat, most of those have cleared out if guys were willing sellers. Um, and we have the next target, you know, 575, six bucks on the September and, and, uh, six, six and a quarter on the, the July 19th. So yeah, we're working some stuff. Uh, just depends on you know how comfortable the guy is or the, the the farmer is you know based on what they have planted or what the crop looks like now. So that's where we're we're at. The gospel, according to Angie Setzer, the vice president of grains at Citizens Elevator, also the goddess of grains on Twitter. Angie, as always, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz, and don't forget to download the show each and every day at LibertyTalk.fm, helping us get to our goal of 1 million downloads a month. So get in there and download that show, and don't forget about Bubba's Daily Update, which is free. All you have to do is go to BubbaTrading.com, and you can sign up for it. I, you, no credit card, nothing required. You just sign up, and I'll send you the update every day after the market closes. This has been the Bubba Show. We've been with Angie Setzer. We'll see you back here tomorrow, everybody. Have a great day. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horwitz. We'll see you tomorrow. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.